You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We had a, a sundown, the inaugural Sundown Fall Festival last Sunday. That doesn't feel like last Sunday. It feels like weeks ago. Like this week has been a weird week. Um, But that was insanely wonderful. Um, It was huge. We had so many people there. There was so much joy. Um, the, the, The heads in the community, the fire department, the police officers, and just everybody involved in serving our community, they were blessed. They articulated about how much fun they had, which is just awesome because we're asking them to come and serve and uh, they serve all the time. But it was just, it was a blast to be together as a community and to see the building block, the, the, the foundation being laid for what God said he'll do, that this community will feel your presence. They felt our presence last Sunday. And so it's appropriate that we honor the staff of this house that helped, uh, helped create this event and create it. And there's more events to come. And so we're going to continue to meet and continue to bring the community together. So I'm just so grateful for this staff. You know, um, and in honoring the staff, just reminded me of what the Lord showed me before Sarah and I moved out here. Um, After my first uh, visit here, I came with Kendall McDonald, who used to live here and just through crazy circumstance became my mentor and the person that would carry me out here, which is crazy. Um, but in, in that time here, and we, we, uh, we stayed with the Hensleys, and the Lord just very quickly told me, it's like, don't even consider this job if you're not bringing Sarah with you. He said, you will not make it without her. Um, and she was just a girlfriend at the time. So it's like, oh, pressure's on. Um, but he said, you cannot do this without Sarah. And I couldn't do it alone. I knew very quickly, almost immediately. It's like, man, oh man, I'm glad I have Sarah. And I am reminded of that constantly because I could not do what I do without her. There's just, not, there's just no way. And that is not an easy thing for me as the male species to admit that I needed help. And lots of us can relate to that. Man, I know you're in here. I've seen you. Um, we have this horrible habit of not asking for help. But God gave me, he gave me no choice. And he gave me a similar vision before taking over as head pastor. He showed me very, very clearly. He's like, you will not be leading and you will have this staff that's coming in behind you. No, you will be arm in arm, locked together, walking forward in a single line walking forward, and as you go, you're establishing the kingdom of heaven together. And just very clearly showed me that I could not do this without the staff that he was assembling, because we would be linked arm in arm. If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, that's where we'll start. Again, I knew I could not do this alone, so I will not. I have learned this lesson the hard way but I will not do it alone. I will not choose to go it alone. Nothing good is down that road. But this is the opposite in the world. This is the exact opposite in the world. We, they encourage you to go your own way, rely on no one, individuality above all else. Be your own person separated from everyone else. 
Now, in some of that, there's the truth of God, because who you say I am is not who I am. Who God says I am is who I am. So I will not be defined by the world around me. We know this. Uh, I, I had to find this out the hard way. All my siblings walked in this too. We had my parents' faith for a long time until I went out into the world and realized, oh man, I don't have any faith of my own. I had to establish it for myself. I couldn't be Christian because they said I was, I was raised in a Christian household. That's, who, that's not who I could be. I had to be a Christian, a Christ follower, and believe him as my savior and, and my friend and my brother and a co-heir with him because I encountered him for myself. And so I understand that to an extent. But the thing is, is we, we violently go against anybody coming together with you. No, no, it's me. It's my life. It's what I do. It's what I say. You have no truth to offer me. It's what I say is true. We worship individuality and we speak to men in particular that you are weak if you rely on anyone. That is, that is in our society. It is weakness in a man to rely on somebody else. And that's just not true. This is not how we have learned Christ and this is not how we have been shown the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I I do not belong to the body, that that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged those members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. We are individuals, yes, but individuals meant to operate in perfect unity with one another. Because this, again, I go back to this example. It's what I can wrap my head around when I think of the body of Christ. If I cut this finger off of my hand, it no longer has any purpose or any function. Is it an individual finger? Yes. Good for it. Does it have any power within its individuality? Absolutely not. The power is source to the connection to the body. There is not a one of us here on earth that is meant to operate in the fullness of power of Christ alone. We are meant to operate in the fullness and power of Christ together unified because in that, this finger can do a lot of wonderful and amazing things because it is connected to the rest of the body. This finger is... It's, it's the only one like it. It's the only one. It's incredibly individual. It has its own identity and its own purpose that is walked in and understood in fullness when it is connected to the rest of the body. And that is what we are meant for. We are connected by one. Turn to Ephesians 4, verse 1. I love this passage because... Yes, we are individual. There are many members of this body, but there is one that unifies us. There is one that unites us, and there is one that we are to walk with. Verse 1, Therefore, a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We are unified in love. We are to communicate and interact with one another in love. So why, although being individual members and connected by one, why do we continue to go it alone? 
We go it alone for the sake of the neighbor too, right? We justify our going alone for the sake of the neighbor. Well, I don't want to be bothersome. They're probably busy. I don't want to, I don't want to give, I don't want to burden them with my problems. I don't want them, I asked for help like two months ago. I don't want to ask for help again because then they'll think I'm needy and they'll really get annoyed with me and they won't want to be friends with me anymore because I have to ask for help so often. And so we will walk in turmoil and we will justify our turmoil. We will justify being in a place where there is no growth. We will justify being in a place where there is no unity and we are alone and isolated and not functioning in the fullness of purpose that we have been called to function in. We'll justify being in that place, but it's for others' sake. And that is not true. That is not the way the body of Christ works. This finger is not adding up a debt because it's connected to the body. That's how ridiculous this is that we would refuse unity with the body because I am in need, that we would refuse unity with the body because we think for some reason it's going to put us in debt in some way or we are less than um, or people aren't going to like us anymore. They're going to think poorly about us because we are in need of help. And then down to verse 10 in Ephesians 4. He who descended is the one who has also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And we gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I love this passage because it contradicts the world in so many ways. One of the ways that I see it contradicting the world is what it is to be a man. It just touches on it briefly. What it is to be a man and not a child. To be a man is to be unified with the body and unified with the Son of God. You cannot do that if you are not first unified with the body. One does not come without the other because the body is Christ. He is the head of the body. If I am not unified with God, I will not be unified with the body. If I think I'm unified with God, but I'm not unified with the body, you are not unified with God. And we go into these moments. This is the thing. We think of these things as like this final place. I am standing in this place of no longer being unified with God. But the thing is, if we're thinking of the will of God in this backyard example, how easy is it to open the gate and walk out and then walk right back in? Pretty easy. And we do this all day long. We just go through this motion all day long. We're in, a, in the will, out of the will, in the will, out of the will. Just over and over and over and over again. And we do this. We remove ourselves from a place of unity with the body. We remove ourselves from a place of unity with the Son of God. In the world, to need anyone is weakness. In the body, we are designed to need one another. There is no arguing about it. There is no question. We are members one of another, period. Another one, another contradiction. For the body to work properly and build itself up is to love one another. I 
I love where we have gone as a society since 2020. And hold on, it's gotten crazy, but the thing that I love about it is there's no more gray. It's black and white. You know exactly where people are. You know where their hearts are. The Lord continues to offend minds to reveal the hearts. Over and over and over again, He does it. He's done it to me. He's done it to you all. I know this. He, he offends the mind to reveal the heart. And so therefore, there is no more gray. And what I've recognized is the thing that we used to stand behind is like, this is, I'm a unified person with this person because of this. Really, what I see now is that we are unified with others because of our hatred for the other one. Tell me I'm wrong. We are unified in hatred in the world. There is no unity there. And we've seen how strong this unity is when you are relying on hatred to keep you together. We turn on each other real fast, right? We're united in this and then something changes. Now I hate you and I'm with this guy that I hated a week ago. I still hate him and I hate you now, but we hate you now. But what does that really do? That, that keeps you alone. That is the design of the enemy. He is not clever. He has one card and he plays it often. He tries to make you an individual on an island alone because if you're not connected to the body, there is no power within you. That's all he does. So if you feel yourself drifting further and further away from God, just know, and further and further away from the body, just know that is not in the design of God for your life. That's the enemy speaking, trying to get you alone because if he knows you're alone, you're cut off finger laying on the floor full of purpose, but will never realize it because you're never connected to the body. Hate only tears down. The love of Christ is the only thing that can build us up. It says the body of Christ, as we love one another, and this is why we've got to recognize how important it was that Jesus would leave this last commandment, to love one another as I have loved you. By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This love for one another is what will build and strengthen the body of Christ. It will feed it. It will build itself up in love and in nothing else. Will it be fed? But by love for one another. And we see it over and over throughout the Bible. We see it in Acts 2, 42 through 47. They had love and dedication to one another. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. People were flocking to it because they were unwavering in their love for one another. And their focus was on Christ and Christ crucified and the power of the Holy Spirit that they now got to walk in and they were dedicated to one another. And in that place, the body of Christ was built up. So love, to love one another. We've got to start by breaking down one of the societal norms, especially for men, especially for men. I can speak as a professional male. And that's really the only professional expertise I have on the matter. Is I'm a guy and so I know how bad we are at this. But you have got, you have got to let me help you when you need it. And you have got to ask. Because if you don't ask, you rob me of an opportunity to get closer to God, to serve the body and build it up. And I have got to get better. I not get better. I just got to do it, period. When I need help, I need to come. I need to come to you. Because I am robbing the body of growing deeper into the heart of God and building itself up every time I withhold an opportunity for you to be a part of my story. 
And it's simple things. It doesn't, I'm not saying crazy things all the time. And there are some things that we need to handle ourselves because I've dug myself into plenty of holes that it's like, you know what, I need to, we got to deal with this and the Lord will deal with that. But there are so many moments, so many moments where it's like, well, I've got something heavy in my truck. I just need to probably break my back getting it out instead of just asking my buddy who's right next door to help me because of pride, because I'm a man, and I don't need help, because to need help is weakness, and that is not the way that we have learned Christ, and that is not the way that we have experienced the body of Christ. I want to be known for building up the body. I do not want any credit when I stand before God the Father on that holy day. I do not want any credit for tearing down the body of Christ. I do not want to be associated with that in any way. I want credit for building it up. I want to, when I lay down the works of my life before him to be placed into the fire, I want it to be only precious gems and stones. I don't want any wood, hay, and stubble in that pile. But I am adding to wood, hay, and stubble in my own pile when I refuse to allow the body of Christ to be the body of Christ in my own life. Love one another as I have first loved you. By this, they will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The community in Acts 2 saw how they loved one another. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. People come to know Jesus. This has been so powerful for me in the last few weeks. People come to know Jesus by seeing people that know Jesus love one another. That's it. It is so simple. The Lord has made this so abundantly simple. It is ridiculously simple. All He asks is that we use everything He's equipped us with towards one another. And the world around us will change because of that. If I love you and you love me, the world that encounters us will be changed by it. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. Right, Jason? It sounded like a deep yes. Yes. I like it. Let us love one another. If you need help, ask. If I offer to help, if someone offers to help, Parker, talking to myself, take them up on that offer. Our hearts have to be for one another. And the world around us needs to see it. I had a different word this morning, but I could not get away from that in reflecting on this staff, that I could not do what I do here if I did not know that their hearts were for me and not against me. And can you imagine being in a church? I've been in churches, I've talked about it this morning, where the hearts were not for one another, but against one another. That's what happens when a church becomes a business. So I want that CEO spot. I want that high paying salary. I want to be pastor because it comes with six figures. Sounds great. That is not the way that we have learned Christ. It is to be for one another. We are to be hand in hand, walking forward, establishing the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. Together, unified as the body. And as we have love for one another and build ourselves up in love for one another, the world around us will be changed. It is a direct result of us just loving one another. 
And I'm telling you, they have loved me, the staff has loved me, and I have been changed. And I see a world around me. You can't tell me last Sunday that you were there and you were present and you don't see a world around you changing. You just can't do it. The conversations I've had since, you cannot tell me there is not a world around us that is changing because we have had love for one another. It is very simple. We must have love for one another. We must be for one another, but we must also allow our neighbor, our brother or sister in Christ, we must allow them the opportunity to be for us. Can't just say that I'm for you and you say that you're for me because we could easily say that right now. But when push comes to shove, will the community out there see that I'm for you? I was so reminded of this with Joe. We, we got to bury her on Tuesday and, um, you know, I, I just got to thinking and preparing for that service. I, I was a lot of times her first phone call when something at their house broke. And I would dread that phone call. I would dread it. It is no fun crawling under a wet house with plumbing spraying all over you when it's 35 degrees outside. Ask Zach. He was there. <laughs> he was always my... He, was, he started to dread my phone calls because when I got a phone call, then Zach got a phone call. But I'm telling you, she never hesitated to ask for help when she needed it. And every time I was under that house, the Lord blessed me richly just because I was present and I was a part of the body. And there's now a person that I will not receive any more phone calls for. And I can't, I can't be a part of building them up anymore. Because she's gone. Our life is but a mist. And today is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. But we have right now. And we can love one another right now. Because one day there will be someone standing on a stage hosting a service. And I'll be in the box. But what I want there to be present is that I was a part of building the body up. And that I left it in a stronger more loving, more powerful place than I started with it. But that only happens when we have love for one another and we put it on display and we actively pursue. As the goodness of God actively pursues you, we, the body of Christ, need to actively pursue one another. And in that, the community around us will be impacted and affected. You cannot, you cannot leave unchanged when you encounter all that you were made for. I don't believe it. All things we're made for Him and through Him, all things. So when they encounter the love of God in and through us, I believe 100%, there is no doubt in my mind they will be changed. So let's just love one another. Let's get really good at it. Let's be really good at building the body of Christ up. Building the body up in love. Asking for help when you need it. Encouraging one another when we need it. When the Lord gives you a word for somebody, call them. Don't wait on it. Don't think, don't dismiss it away because it is for the edifying and the building up of the body of Christ that we could establish the kingdom of heaven better than we were yesterday. Because we, the body of Christ, are bigger, deeper into the heart of God, growing deeper into the heart of God. I want us the body of Christ, to love one another so well that we encounter together depths of God that have yet to be explored. Because I believe those exist. There are, there are parts of the Father's heart that He's just waiting for someone 
to discover. Let's be that someone. Amen? I want to be that. I want to be a pioneer. I want to be an explorer of the heart of God with you, not without you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.